Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Hello, Internet. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. This is Ready Check Radio. That means it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up show. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, as I am every week. We've got a lot to cover. Not, I mean, most of it, not good. Like, kind of a downer week in the world of video gaming, particularly if you had hope for a next version of a title if you were looking forward to a particular game like Mr. Winter and I were. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good news week if you're a Pokemon fan. We'll give you that. We'll, <laughs> give, we'll give you that much, I guess. Other than that, it's going to be fun going through all of this. If you're watching this recording on YouTube or listening to it on Spotify, head on over to readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O.com. Make sure you follow all the socials that are there on the site. Check out our other two podcasts and the streamer schedule for our entire team behind the scenes that stream and volunteer and couldn't do it without any of them. So give them a follow and then come on over for a live show, either Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern or hell, all three. Why don't you, you know what? Make it all three and bring a friend. That way they can say hi to Mr. Jason Winter. How are you? I haven't had hope in a long time. Yeah. So I mean, we were. This week is nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing new for you. There was a title we were looking forward to. Like we didn't we didn't know exactly when it came out. Well, but yeah. Now we don't know if it'll come out. I mean, they say yeah. it will, but when we get to it, I think it's still a pretty big if, even though they twenty twenty nine. Right. <laughs> Whoa. That that's a big pushback. I did not realize it was that far back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it could be. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Also on the line, Yod, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I wouldn't say there was actually any hope for that title. It, it, it was, I mean, there's always a glimmer of hope, but yeah, yeah. when we get there, it's it's what was expected. Uh, we'll I see. Think. We'll see. <laughs> like, uh, gentlemen, we give New World yeah. and Amazon a lot of crap for, <laughs> you know, Crucible and I... all that stuff. But then we give them crap now for New World supposedly having been ready for release last year on two different occasions and we're going to be talking about a game today that supposedly initially had a release date of late last year and now we don't know if we're ever going to see it but yeah let's just get down to it we're going to start with a little segment i call delayed changing or dead (laughs) i like that title (laughs) little segment bundled all the news up into one segment here uh, into delayed, changing, or dead. Uh, and let's start off with dead. <laughs> A couple okay. of weeks ago, we did talk about EA having to meet with BioWare's small 30-person team and take a look at the progress of the Anthem rebuild, or Anthem Next, if you wanted to call it that. And they were going to be making a decision on whether or not they would continue working on that project, expand the team to 90 people, and keep on trucking. Well, we also talked last week 
that it was a little surprising that there didn't seem to be an answer after that meeting. We kind of expected one to, if not be officially revealed, at least leak in some context, and it didn't until this week when Anthem, uh, the team at BioWare and Anthem, issued the following update. In the spirit of transparency and closure... We wanted to share that we've made the difficult decision to stop our new development work on Anthem, a.k.a. Anthem Next. We will, however, continue to keep the Anthem live service running as it exists today. Since Anthem's launch, the team has been working hard to continually improve the game, releasing multiple updates that brought with them a variety of improvements and introduced new content to play. Towards the end of 2019, we expanded on that effort and started working on a more fundamental restructure of the game. During the development, we provided updates, revealing some of the team's work through blog posts and conversations with you on social media, and it's been inspiring us to see the positive reactions and feedback. I've been incredibly proud of the work the team has been doing and excited to see and play each new build of the experience. 2020 was a year unlike any other, however, and while we continue to make progress against all our game projects at BioWare, working from home during the pandemic has had an impact on our productivity, and not everything we had planned as a studio before COVID-19 can be accomplished without putting undue stress on our teams. I know this will be disappointing to the community of Anthem players who have been excited to see the improvements we've been working on. It's also disappointing for the team who were doing brilliant work. And for me personally, Anthem is what brought me to BioWare. And the last two years have been some of the most challenging and rewarding experiences of my career. Game development is hard. Decisions like these are not easy. Moving forward, we need to laser focus our efforts as a studio and strengthen the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles while continuing to provide quality updates to Star Wars The Old Republic. To the Anthem community, thank you for your passion and creativity. Your feedback and suggestions will certainly help shape the team's direction. And on a personal note, your kindness and encouragement were what much needed this year. Please stay safe and be kind to each other. Strong, alone, stronger, together, Christian. So, Yad, hmm? pretty much what you uh, you thought was going to happen, and all of us kind of suspected, but uh, credit yeah. where do you set it on the show, that there's just really, it's a hard sell to sink money into Anthem Next when you've got Mass Effect and Dragon Age on deck. It is, and I I think it also had something to do with EA taking a look at the business model of a live game like Anthem. Like, uh, I mean, they're going to take a look at the other comparable titles like Avengers and Destiny and all of them and how the money comes in. Uh, I mean... I mean, we've we've been talking about a lot of game companies that have delayed and killed and all this other stuff games because of the pandemic. I mean, that's the that's the coverall thing of a lot of people blaming to you know discontinue their projects or delaying their projects or whatever. It's the pandemic. We've all had to work from home. But I mean, let's face it: developers, business people, people that work in cubicles. The entire time, these people can't could have worked at home. You don't need that supervisor over your shoulder staring at you, you know, every day seeing what you're doing. In fact, most people probably work better without that person there. So all in all, the the fact that the the splash that Anthem made or lack thereof when it first came out, and people finished a game and got to end game and there was none. 
I think played a big it long long game impact on them finally realizing okay this is an excuse we have let's just kill it and move on especially when we've got everything else down the pipeline so you know it, it's just not worth moving on no matter how much they've gotten done so far in revamping it well, on that on that topic though jason you and i have spoken at length on you know, the free to play cast here on gaming gumbo behind the scenes about COVID-19 delays for various things. And and I think I'm a little more lenient on this type, not just Anthem itself, but this type of project. Like if you have, if if you're talking about your normal update cycle, let's say every three months, every six months, and you're still giving me the COVID excuse, you and I have talked about this, go fly a kite, right? You have been, yesterday. Yeah, you have been dealing with this now for <laughs> almost two years. Stop telling me that the current update is delayed because of co- having to work from home. I, I give it a little bit of a different light when you're talking about something, uh, one, of this scale, you know, basically a rebuild of a game, and two, something that did have development work started prior to COVID that would have been greatly impacted along the way. Um, I, honestly, I... In this particular instance, I really don't care that they put it in there because honestly, at the end of the day, Jason, this was, it's not worth the money. It just isn't worth the money. And we got to make sure as Bioware, you know, EA wants them to do well so that they make money. On Bioware's side, I honestly think Bioware is in a ton of trouble if the new Mass Effect and the new Dragon Age don't do very well. I don't think they both need to be mega blockbusters, but if both of them flop or one flops hard and one is just mediocre, I honestly feel like BioWare's in a little trouble. And I think of it in the standpoint of if they do both flop, who cares? But let BioWare die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if they put out three if they put out three flop games in a row. True. Then okay. They yeah. Don't need to exist. Yeah. yeah you know? Okay. <laughs> and I mean, let's, let's people who are actually talented and good at it go somewhere where they can actually do well. Well, let, let's know? let's face it. Bioware isn't Bioware that made the original Mass Effects or uh, the yeah. original. And a Dragon lot of Age. that has to do with the fact of every company is not the same company once being acquired True. by EA too. True. True. Yeah, they tend to gut the upper management, the creatives behind it, and put it in their own people. Yeah, basically, so, remember that thing I wrote a couple weeks ago on MMO Bomb about leaving your favorite game. You don't don't stick with it just because it's the game you played forever. <laughs> Same thing for a company. If Bio, just because you liked Bioware games ten or fifteen years ago, doesn't mean that something that Bioware stamped on it. it has to be good, and you have to play it. Right. If it sucks, it sucks. You know, that's how it is. Glitch renewing the sub for seven months. Thank you, thank you. Glitch does not suck. I there will give you, I will give you the disco lights in the background to spare the recording on the show. I'll give you the applause after the show. Uh, but thank you for this up. Much appreciated. What does this mean for regular Anthem? I mean, all it says here is it's it's still there, right? But this uh, this, this statement effectively kills all development on this game. Right. So right. The if you on. play it right now and you like it right now and you're fine with nothing else coming to this game, great. But, Jason, do they really... Should they try to do something with this? I mean, maybe make it a free-to-play experience and a small team of little updates? Uh, do, do you just let it run its course for four months and now nobody's playing it, so it's okay to shut it down without it being a big uproar? Or, like, what is the plan here? Why even leave it on if if it's literally, you know, going to maintenance mode? Well, this is the plan, obviously. You know, they, 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 had, they had their discussion last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, and then delayed it and probably talked about it a little longer, and... 
You know, even even going free to play is not like you know, just pop there it goes free to play. That still costs money. It still costs absolutely. money. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, doing the, little, the mini updates that cost money and time. I'm sure all that was bantered around. I'm sure it was put on the table, and they said, "Well, we just it's not in the budget. We're not going to do it." So there we go. You know, who I should mention, one thing I just want to mention too is they should have learned from EverQuest not to stick next after your game's title. <laughs> <laughs> if they would, they should have called it Anthem or oh, Realm man. Reborn. That would have worked. Perfectly. <laughs> But yeah, oh then it would have been great. It would have been totally succeeded. 2.0. Totally succeeded. <laughs> like that, Anthem yeah. Reborn. You know who's really uh, probably pretty happy about the news? Destiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, Destiny yeah. 2 is probably pretty happy oh, by yeah. the news. Because literally, so, so, if if you want to leave Anthem and play a game like Anthem, you go to Destiny at this point. Or Outriders. But not released yet. It's you know it's just well, a demo. You can still play it basically. <laughs> and honestly, you know I'm not I'm, I'm I still have more stuff to do in there, and I have my own gripes with the game and and things like that. Um, uh, but and I talked more, but we'll talk more about this on uh, the Relic Grind next Thursday. Our like right. individual reviews. But if you guys have an opinion on Outriders from playing the demo, by all means. Um, I I feel like that doesn't quite scratch the Destiny esque itch. Because it is yeah. more single it, player. Yes, you can do it, co-op, but it's you know it's, it's more Borderlands than than a Destiny I, I, type game. I actually would say it's more either uh, like like if uh, Gears of War and Division Two had a baby, gameplay wise. Because you know you don't yeah. get to jump around or anything. You're, you're ducking from cover to cover. It, it seems more Division and Gears of War. Yeah, I still it's, always it's hesitate to put wise. Division in there though, because you can see other players in Division. True. There true, is an open world multiplayer yeah. world going on there. That's not happening here in in Outriders. Um, and there are performance um, issues with Outriders, but it also is a demo. Uh, by the right. Way. So we'll, we'll give it a little. Test. I, I just find a lot of people on my Twitter were that played the the Outriders demo. Jason were like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go play Destiny. <laughs> it was, I saw that too. I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I can play that. I'll yeah. still play through it some more, but yeah, I, I like it. I enjoyed forward. it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I, Jason, I think that's a fair opinion. Like, I don't know if it is a sixty dollar title right now. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, know. that is. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, do I want to buy it right off the bat at yeah. sixty or wait till it goes down a little bit? Because uh, there's really no know. rush. Um, no? the in the the wake of the anthem decision, though, possibly a better decision, at least one in my own personal view, was made here. Uh, when it comes to Bioware, and that is Dragon Age Four. Uh, yeah, they're they're totally making that single player now. <laughs> they're, yes, they're just I like, like you know what? Forget it. Yeah, forget it. Remember that started that entered development in 2015, uh, and was kind of rebooted in development in 2017 to actually be a live service game. But the combination of Anthem's live service absolute failure. And the success of Jedi Star Wars uh, or Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has kind of led EA to push Bioware to take that back to a more single-player RPG experience. So multiplayer removed from Dragon Age 4. Uh, I wonder what Mike Laidlaw has to say about this because this switch is why he left Bioware, reportedly, uh, back in 2017. I don't think he'll come back, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, I honestly think this is a net good for Dragon Age. I feel like Dragon Age is one of those titles that 
if you put it into live service category odd, you're kind of forcing it into live service category and you end up with uh, a similar effect like you had with Anthem. Right. And um, as we see with Bioware, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but me personally, I played, uh, was it SWOTOR that they had? The Star Wars multiplayer MMO game? Yeah, Old Republic. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. It was okay, but it wasn't as grandiose and epic as their single-player Mass Effects and Dragon Ages. And I think that's where Bioware is, like, you know, that's their little corner, is single-player epic storyline type things. So if they move Dragon Age to a live service, it will become Anthem, like you said. If, if they, like they're doing now, moving it back to single-player only... They have their niche, their their wheelhouse, which is epic storylines with one, concentrating on one player. So, you know, yeah, it's a good thing. Jason, it is the whole going back to, you know, everybody says Bioware tells a great story. Bioware tells a great story. They could tell a great story. Well, now they have to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you also have to make a great game, too, which, again, is something, that, something you'll have to have in a multiplayer game as well. So it's... Because... If you look at again, if you look at something like Andromeda, which had a, seems to have a decent story, but the gameplay is kind of lacking in that. So that was something that had its issues. So I don't know. I don't know what Bioware does well anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious to figure that out. Are, if anything, you... I hope that this does make it so that they will do, take the same approach with uh, with the next Mass Effect game. Yeah. So they don't have to shove single player or double multiplayer into that as well. Right. Right. I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what they do. What they do. I mean, yeah, you Fallen can't... Order was Respawn Ninja. It wasn't Bioware. Yeah, it wasn't Bioware. Um, so. so, don't give them credit for that one. You give EA <laughs> credit for going with a single player Star Wars game after not having done it for so long, but right. Respawn made Jedi Fallen Order, which was a fantastic game. Uh, yeah, let's continue with the bad news. The continuing of delayed, changing, or dead. <laughs> Um, let's go to this one. Jason and I were maybe all three. Yeah, it could be all three in this one. Jason and I were kind of waiting for this one. Maybe I was a little more excited about it than him, but it was it was one he's interested in, and that is Masquerade Bloodlines Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines Two. Uh, Paradox Interactive has now delayed the game again. So it was originally slated to release late last year, was pushed into 2021, and now is pushed all the way clear into 2022. Uh, and this is not good. This is not good. Uh, and this is why Jason and I kind of speculate, will we even see this game? Like, will we even see it? So here's the update. Uh, you can see it on your screen below. Good morning, everyone. As you've noticed, we've been keeping pretty quiet for a while. With this in mind, the first piece of news we have for you is to confirm that Bloodlines 2 is still in development. Something I don't think any of us were worried about like prior to this posting. Like We didn't think it automatically just stopped development. But secondly, we have made the hard decision that Hardsuit Labs will no longer be leading the development of Bloodlines 2. That's taking the developer off the game which also means that it will not be releasing in 2021 as previously planned since we cannot at this time communicate a new release date we've also decided to stop accepting pre-orders for the time being how generous this game <laughs> is very important to us and it has been an ambitious project from the very start in order to meet our goals for it 
We've come to the conclusion that change is needed, and as a result, more development time is required. We'd like to take this opportunity to honor Hardzoot Labs for their efforts and thank them for their hard work on the project. The studio has done a tremendous job in laying the foundations for the game, and we hope that you, the community, will also appreciate their contributions to Bloodline 2. If true, they wouldn't be booted from the project. We're thankful for your <laughs> continuous support throughout the game's development. We understand how important this is to you, and we'd love to share more with you. As soon as we can, we'll let you know what the future development team of Bloodlines 2 will look like. Remember, this is a game that at one point they thought was ready for release last year. We bust up New World for that all the time. <laughs> Only fair to bust it up here. I, I can't tell, Jason, like I can't remember the last time I saw a developer pulled off of a well into development or at least perceived to be well into development game and replaced by a new developer. I honestly cannot, off the top of my head, recall the last time I saw that happen. I, I got something in the back of my mind. I swear I've heard something like that before, but I can't think of what it was. It does sound like <laughs> All right, let's add the caveat of a game that previously had a release date. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe that. Maybe that. Uh, um, but man, I thought the, I thought the first Vampire Bloodlines uh, game had a, had a rough development cycle. Right. Right, I oh mean, it's God, just this been one's even worse. delay, and then getting rid of two of the creative leads on it, out of kind of what they perceived to be, or at least publicly said, you know, was basically nowhere to them. They had no idea was coming, and now ousting the developer. One, does this game ever come out? And two, when do we get the Dr Jason Schreier inside story about what is actually going on here? Because I think it's just a matter of time until this story breaks. I think one we do see it eventually, but like not until at best late next year. The, the best. game or the, uh, the game? The game. The game. <laughs> now, Jason Trier will have his article by like you know May, probably <laughs> at most. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just I mean, I, I could, I could see that it's like, like it's tough to tell you. Who do you think is for to blame here? Is it paradox or is it the the Hard suit labs. I think when you have problems like this, it has to be leadership. Like it has to be. Yeah. I mean, how do you get rid of the developer on top of getting rid of your creatives, your your writers, your lead designers, your directors? Like, how do you get rid of yeah. how did things get under those people? Like if if the writer screws up or the director screws up, how did this almost have a release date? You know, and that's determined by Paradox. That's not going to be determined by Hard Suit or anything. Paradox says but this is going if, to be the ship date. And, and what if then when they went back to them and said, hey, guys, what's the product report coming on? And they were like, blah, 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 we're making game. Like, okay, so then that is still Paradox's fault for not watching the project uh, to overseeing oh, the project. I'm sorry, when yeah, you're in charge I mean of game development... If you have if you have even an inkling that the studio that you've hired to do this might not be doing what they're supposed to be doing, then you then get it rid is, of them like Paradox just did. You, you don't get yeah, obviously. There you but go. For things there to have go. gotten to this point after what you had a release they, date and you got rid of people already, like clearly they stepped in and said, you know what, let's delay this. We're we're a little behind. Let's delay this till twenty twenty one and let's replace the writer and the director. That's what and we maybe, think this game needs right now, where we need to go in a new direction. And then you come back months later and go, you know what? You're all fired. 
You're all because fired. maybe the R2 guys were good at hiding how how well they were doing. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they really, really? yeah. Maybe you think an entire studio that is making a game for Paradox Interactive was able to bluff their way through a director firing and a creative writer firing <laughs> and demos <laughs> and videos and interviews plus one release date then another delayed release date it was like a minute trailer or something i'm talking about what the develop what paradox would have had to have seen by that point you think paradox was just like totally bamboozled by this developer company to the point that it took a year and a half for them to catch on the developer wasn't doing anything anything you know what i mean but or doing just enough to meet the meeting quotas (laughs) i i'm sorry i put it on leadership and you know what it's it's also one of those things that i'll give it to you jason maybe hardwire was totally way out there right then and they're way at fault for a bunch of stuff to me when it extends into a year and a half two years of stuff leadership is also asleep at the wheel at that point too so at best, I'll give you it's the fault of both of them, Paradox being asleep at the wheel and, and the, the developer not doing their job. More likely scenario is probably Paradox was unhappy with this was where this was going, tried to make course corrections. Those course corrections didn't pan out. Now they're making a big change, and it's nobody's fault. Uh, it just didn't go where Paradox wanted it, and ultimately it is Paradox's IP. So they're going to have the final word on that type of stuff. I just find that hard to believe when you have years of development. That's normally I mean, a first year, this isn't going in the right direction. We we want to stop, Yad. When, when was the release date supposed to be? The original one? Last year. No, no, the, the, the one that they were aiming for this year. Was oh, just no, they, later had, they had just said 2021. Yeah. Okay, so they oh, said spring might have been on that one. I, I think you're right, Jason. Yeah. I think they put spring on it or something like that. It wasn't an exact date. But still, with, with with that that short of a time frame, it, it is kind of like, you know, somebody fucked up, and it was probably someone higher up. So, <laughs> are we gonna see yeah, this I, game? I, like, or is it just gonna fall into development hell until it's ultimately canceled? I mean, continue to fall into development hell until it's canceled. That that's rough because the, I mean. If this gets canceled, Vamp- I might cry. I'm, Vampire- just, I'm just letting you know I might tear well, up a little well, bit. Vampire Masquerade used to be White Wolf before it was Paradox, right? Uh, what is st- it's still White Wolf? Is it still White Wolf? Yeah, Which yeah, is owned yeah. by the CCP, but still. right, 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 right. Okay, I was trying to get straight in my head where all the connections were. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's been some history of ball dropping on, you know, converting to video game of this this IP. <laughs> just a little bit. Just, just, yeah, just a little bit. So I unfortunately for you guys, I can see this just going away. Swept under the rug. And then years later, they come up with some new IP based off of this IP and try to do it again. Jason, are we going to see it? I think we will. I think eventually, we will. like I said, at best late next year, probably not even, probably more like two years though at least. I kind of agree with I you. I don't know how much they got done beforehand. I don't think obviously. it's... That's another thing. Like, even if they got a ton of stuff done, can you realistically bring in a totally new developer and expect to not be scrapping large portions of whatever they had done, which forces yeah. start overs? Uh, I would be amazed if this came out in 2022. And then I would be further amazed if it came out in 2022 and was good. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I would. That would just stack the amazement for me. Who do you want to see work on this? Do you have a company you'd like to see work on this? Obsidian. I kind of want Respawn to do it. Yeah, they're part of EA. They're they're too. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not yeah, putting like requirements on this. I'm like, oh, okay. if I could have a developer do it, I'd want Respawn to do it. I think. Actually, the uh, the I, I really love the the way they've done Wastelands. I'd like to see In Exile maybe take a crack at it. If they yeah, were. they're very very narratively driven too. Yeah. This is not good. Not a good day. <laughs> Here's some more delays for you. If you were waiting for Gran Turismo Seven usually a pretty high profile title every time a PlayStation is a, a new PlayStation is released. Uh, that's been pushed back to 2022. Can you guess why, Yod? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Pandemic? It's, co it's COVID. <laughs> it's COVID. Yeah. COVID, yeah. Uh, COVID yeah. did that too. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know when they announced that they were going to be coming out this year or whatever? November. <laughs> so between November and now, they just realized COVID is a thing apparently. Uh, yeah, apparently. Cyberpunk's delaying patch 1.2. Saw that. They wanted to deliver patch 1.2. This is via Twitter. For Cyberpunk 2077 in the time span we detailed previously, the recent cyber attack on the studio's IT infrastructure and extensive scope of the update mean this unfortunately will not happen. We'll need some additional time. Our goal for patch 1.2 goes beyond any of our previous updates. We've been working on numerous overall quality improvements and fixes, and we still have work to do to make sure that's what you get. With that in mind, we're now aiming for a release in the second half of March. It's not the news we enjoy sharing, but we want to make sure we launch this update properly. Stay tuned. For more information as the time draws closer, thank you for continued patience and support. So, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a legit reason. Bad cyberpunk news section. For, for, I mean, that, it's for cyberpunk. That's a legit reason. I mean, they, they got cyber attacked. You know? <laughs> Yeah, but you also got cyber attacked weeks ago. Why are we just finding out that this delay is going to happen now? I I mean, it's who knows what they had to do to recover their data and get everything back up and running, and how long. Supposedly, they haven't been able to like let people at their computers or something. I read something about that. Too. Right. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. So, like I said, legit reason. There, yeah, there's, there's... but you know, also self-inflicted. Like it. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's not shooting yourself in the foot when you release something like Cyberpunk, but, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're dealing with police and it's an actual case of some kind. There's all kinds of red tape and getting everything restored and all that, so it's a legit reason. All right, here's one that's a little like more out there, but also canceled, right? Not anything like Bloodlines where it's going to come out tomorrow. Oh shit, wait, it's coming out next year. Um, Gaia which we really, this is from EA, which we first saw kind of in 2015, but never really like officially was announced or, or got a title at that point. We got some like little bits of news. It was a brand new franchise. Didn't know a whole bunch of it uh, about it, but that is actually being canceled. This coming from the previously aforementioned Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. Uh, Video game publisher EA has canceled a game that is in development in its Montreal office for nearly six years, according to people familiar with the matter. The game, codenamed Gaia, was first hinted at in 2015, but never officially announced or given a title. Since then, EA executives have released a drip feed of information, sharing tidbits every few years on what it described as a brand new franchise. 
a highly ambitious, innovative new game that puts the power and creativity in your hands. So I think it's kind of hard to be like sad this was canceled, Jason, because we really didn't know too much about what it was about. But again, a cancellation five, six years into development, that is a usually rarer occurrence when it comes to cancellations. Well, it went through like a complete reboot or something a few years ago, and like apparently there was some clash when they brought over people from uh, was it Battlefront? Mm, uh, no. Yeah, the, oh. the beginning of 2018, the guy team absorbed the creative leads from Star Wars Battlefront 2 and faced oh, cultural was it? clashes as a result. For some reason, I His thought tension it was culminated uh... with the game's top directors departing from Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, uh, I thought it was from from Bioware. Nope. Nope, that was no, dice, I guess. No. Okay. But yeah, I mean, my bad. Like you said, we we caught a couple bits of it, and I watched like I watched that video that was in there, and they showed like you know eight seconds of a very poorly, you know, not 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 you know texturally done uh, footage from the game. I'm like, okay, this is gone. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, the this studio did absorb members of Bioware Montreal when that closed, but Jason was referring to the more clashing. Oh, okay. Of ah. studio heads when they absorbed people from Star Wars Battlefront 2 and then most of those people gotcha. left for Ubisoft because hey that's in Montreal too uh, gotcha. <laughs> let's let's go work for them so Gaia is gone uh, what else is gone oh GameStop CFO uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim Bell is going to step down next month uh, the video game retailer said on Thursday this according to CNBC I'm um, oh, sorry, I said on Tuesday, as it focuses on shifting into technology-driven sales in the wake of headline-grabbing big betting on its stock. Now, it is a resignation. They say it's not due to any disagreement or anything with the company's uh, operations. Uh, however, a source did tell CNBC that while Bell's exit was unrelated to the recent wild swings in GameStop stock spurred by retail traders, uh, on uh, Reddit social media, his departure was initiated by the company. So a fi uh, resign or get fired type situation, yeah. Right, uh, right. But did he cash out a stock before he left? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I think for as far as GameStop, I, I think they probably want a different type of CFO since they are shifting focus on how they're handling their business. And he seems to be, from what I read, a CFO that was based off of a lot of brick and mortar yeah, shops. Yeah, very old that's, school physical yeah, locations that's he, CFO. that's how he's going to think and stuff like that and strategize with his people. So they want someone that is a little more digital savvy, which is understandable, you know, considering where, where their shift in focus is. Yeah, I mean, it's not understandable. It's required. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's required. Jeez. It I was trying to be a little more diplomatic. <laughs> no, no, must. we're not diplomatic on this show. Screw that. <laughs> all right, how about some good news? That we've we've gotten all the way through right. our changed, deleted, canceled segment, <laughs> and it was rough. It was rough. But if you're a Magic: The Gathering fan, uh, the physical-based card game here, kind of a unique little thing. They're getting a crossover, two of them. One with Lord of the Rings and one with Warhammer 40K. Now, here's, here's the question. Like, that sounds cool on the surface, Jason, if you are a Magic the Gathering fan and then a geek for, Star, or for um, Lord of the Rings or for Warhammer. That sounds cool. Great. Crossover. 
But this is a crossover for games that have card games on the market right now. <laughs> Whether they be living card games in the case of uh, like Lord of the Rings, right? The TCG or CCG is, is long dead, but the living card games still uh, carry. Uh, and Warhammer has a number of different uh, IPs you could go to, whether it be the CCG Age of Sigmar or, or anything like that. Uh, I, so I think it's a little weird in that respect. Like, I understand why Warhammer and Lord of the Rings might want to do it, but if you're Magic the Gathering, why do you give other card games any kind of, hey, by the way, <laughs> they have some stuff too? I'm very interested to see the cards and what they do. Uh, that's going to be cool for me. But I think it's a weird little crossover that I, I wouldn't have guessed if I had to put Wizards of the Coast together with somebody for a Magic crossover. I forgot about that Lord of the Rings living card game. It averages <laughs> about 30 players online at a time. So I don't think it matters that Wizard of the Coast is giving they're not giving it press. It's not it's not gonna get a bump from that. Or if even if it does and doubles itself to double people it has sixty. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Huge, yeah, you make fun there. of it. But if you're Coca Cola, you don't give RC Cola any free publicity. It doesn't no, matter how small RC. it is. No, no, RC RC gets more than thirty people drinking its stuff a month. <laughs> this is like giving my, my, my cola, Jason Cola, that I just make in my basement. This is like giving them public. Oh, wow. Well, you're also that. looking at online. Coke doesn't care about Jason Cola. You're also looking at online single uh, platform. That's It's generally a physical game, not usually an online. Yeah, you can play it online on Steam, but it is a physical-based card game. Go to your local game store and play. You're not, yeah, you're making fun of the numbers on Steam because that, particular platform has a few people playing it i get it it's funny but that's not the main distribution of the platform it's like looking at it? magic arenas no yeah it is the lord of the rings game is only that's only a isn't it that's a physical card game that's a physical no, living card yes it is at, at a time at a certain point in time i remember seeing packs for it at the comic shop the the, the new one not the old decipher lord of the rings I... game no were, I mean, there were old Decipher card games, the Lord of the Rings games. There was a Middle Earth one by Iron Crown, too, but I don't think this one has a physical version. Yeah. Yes, it does. Fantasy Flight. Yeah, but did they make a physical version of that? Yes! Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the card game! Fantasy Flight games! I didn't know that. Hang on. <laughs> Just believe you. Actual physical version? They got a very yes! shitty cat on it. Hmm. Whatever. Nobody probably plays it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. What happened to you today? Did somebody, <laughs> did somebody take your lunch money this afternoon? <laughs> you crabby guy right now. Uh, still, they don't care. Somebody beat <laughs> They okay. really don't. But Magic it, is still several orders of magnitude higher. No, I, I, and I totally get that. 100% agree. But And I think it's awfully neat i as a magic fan as a lord of the rings fan as a warhammer fan i definitely want to see what comes out of this i'm all for this mashup it's just not a mashup i ever would have predicted for wizards of the coast to engage in that's all that's all let me tell you a little story let me tell you the old decipher days story we had this one fan who was he got really bad he got really nasty and toxic after a while but early on he wanted us to make he, he was kind of mad that we made a Star Trek game that wasn't just Star Trek characters in Magic the Gathering. Okay. 
And that's what I think of when I see this. Like, see how Santos Cardi is for here. Here's Jim Kirk. He could be a white card or whatever. And it's like that's what I think of when I see this. So I actually should that's find cool my Star card. Trek the customizable card game cards. They're here somewhere. Don't. Uh, not, I have both Star them. Wars actually, and Star Trek. Star Trek, I remember playing with friends, and it was fun. Um, yeah. I don't. One of those guys who sent me rules questions that I hated. No, we so our our crew wasn't. It was like four or five of us. Yeah. Okay. We the Star Wars one was okay. I remember liking the Star Trek one better. Uh, yeah, I and then more Star Trek too. what was the other game back then? Oh, speaking of White Wolf Yod, it was Jihad, which was the mm. Vampire the Masquerade, you know, uh, card game. Um, yeah, that yeah. I don't remember playing either. Like we we we'd always buy starter decks for anything new and play it. But the only two that really stuck were Magic: The Gathering and Star Trek. Even though we were all Star Wars guys more than Star Trek, we liked the Star Trek game better. Um, I have to dig those out and see if it's worth playing at all. I don't even I don't it's, know if I have white border or black border. I know that used to mean a thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, are you excited about this? Did you ever play Magic, Yod? I, I was not a magic guy. I, I didn't like the collectible card game so much. The the only the only collectible card game I really remembered anything out of was the old Battletech one had some really nice black D sixes with red dots on them that we called death dice because the game master would always use them <laughs> on us. <laughs> I'm gonna have to see if I can find those decks, Jason, and maybe we'll we'll stream them or something. Man, we have to learn you, how to. You play. can go ahead. I'm not, I'm not playing. Like <laughs> no, no, I don't want to play with you. You're grumpy. You're grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> You're grumpy today. Like I play the Enter Enterprise, bitch. Your turn, pass. You know what? I'm gonna <laughs> oh, no, go have I a sandwich, Klingons. Jason. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I, I play Klingons usually. Ah, I gotcha. All right. What else do we got? So more more good news. Here's some more projects coming down the road. So first off, if you're a fan of, and I know Q is in chat, so this is a name that she's going to be like, oh, my God, really? Uh, American McGee, maker of the Alice series of games, if you remember those uh, on the PC, is apparently working to uh, create Oz Adventures, a hybrid TV and video game project based on the wonderful Wizard of Oz series of books. Uh, so yeah, a little bit, uh, I, 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 you take a dark, for, if you've never read those books, if you've just seen the Wizard of Oz movie, <laughs> you've never read the books, you have no idea what you're in for because the series of books are dark as hell. Uh, and now we've got American McGee. <laughs> Working on a TV slash game franchise project here. Now, I, I'm not going to be fooled by this, Jason. We saw a TV video game thing happen before, and we literally just this week talked about it being mm. closed down. So I'm a little more apprehensive about this. But uh, McGee says, happy to announce Oz Adventures. Our twist on the original Oz books, Oz books is now with Radar Pictures. They are developing the concept for TV and games. Uh, we revealed this news and talked about the potential for this project over our latest Twitch stream and then provides a link to it. Now, I, I kid a little bit. It doesn't sound like it's going to be both a TV show related to the video game. It sounds like they're working on TV media and games media, so probably two independent items, uh, not like Defiance tried to be. Uh, <laughs> I am actually kind of interested in where this goes, Yod. I like American McGee's just dark take on everything and when you start dark and give it to American McGee 
I'm like almost scared on where the hell it's gonna go. Right, and the the fact that it's not an MMO tied into a TV series, mind you, I didn't play the MMO. I did watch the TV series for Defiance, though. Um, I I think it could work. It it really could. Um, if they do it correctly. Uh, once again, because it's not an MMO, and yeah, it's it's probably gonna be really freaking dark, which. If that's your thing, good for you. Not my thing. Showtime's getting a, a Halo show, Jason. You happy about yeah. this? Does this make you happy? Anything going to make you smile on today's show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I should look ahead. I like rumps about the next couple of topics we're going to talk about. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing so bad already. <laughs> I, but I mean, I think a Halo show could be cool. I'm not into Halo. It's never been my thing, but... I think they they could do something decent with it. Do you do either one of you see want to see a Mass Effect show? No, yeah. and I did see the. I thought Henry you'd be Cavill all over show. a Mass Effect show, yeah. A Mass no, Effect animated no, show, I could go for. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not going to work right if they if they do the original three Mass Effects because you you can't mostly because Shepard is so customizable. Everybody has their own head of what the Shepard looks like. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be rough on if they choose one person to play it, which apparently, according to some of the hints thrown around in the rumor mill, it's Henry Cavill. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it like like Jason said, it'd have to be an animated show, which they did have a Mass Effect three prequel animated feature that they did, which was interesting just put it mildly it wasn't terrible but it was not the best um though back on halo do we know when it takes place because they had fall of reach and um because they, they well they had a six six episode series called fall of reach i think and then there was um another one which was something i can't roll with well, the, other, the, the description is called. that it will take place in the universe that first came to be in 2001 dramatizing an epic 26th century conflict between humanity and an alien threat known as the covenant so whether you take that to, so they're just pointing out hey this is the entire environment of halo and it's going to take place in that world or specifically pointing towards the beginning i don't know we'll see the show in Q1 of 2022 they're they're wrap, getting ready to wrap on it now it's been in okay. development for a while but uh, we'll okay, see it in Q1 of 2022. Yeah, like I said, there, there was a six, I think it was six episode thing called Fall of Reach where they concentrated on a whole bunch of um, USMC guys that, you know, went to part of a Halo ring, I think it was, and there was all this stuff. It's been a while since I watched it. And then this other one where they actually showed Master Chief and he was like, you know, head and shoulders taller than the rest of the actors in a show which was done really well so i mean it, it could be a lot of fun maybe uh, we'll see we'll see yeah jason i have a feeling this next one is one you want to go off on a little bit this is <laughs> one of them but sure go ahead as one of them yeah go, go for it all right while we're talking about shows coming uh is something else that's trying to make a comeback is the banning of evil video games in the united mm. states including Grand Theft Auto, that boogeyman made by Rockstar Games. 
So this is coming from uh, rep- well, with carjacking carjackings rising. Representative Marcus Evans wants to prohibit the sale of violent video games promoting criminal activity. And this is in the state of the great state of Illinois. As if we haven't seen this enough. Uh, this one, though, on a state level first. So when we talked about this years ago, Jason, it was at a federal level with a few notable senators uh, trying to do to to do this same type of thing. Uh, but now we're looking at it at the state level. I I mean, I don't. I'd like to say that this probably doesn't go anywhere, <laughs> but who knows anymore in this stupid political world uh, that we live in. Yeah, and the video game companies can pay more lobbyists to make sure it doesn't happen. So I think it's it's not going to go anywhere. Here's, here's the part that I don't understand. Like the whole rationale for it, right, is that they've had carjackings go up. And so they feel Grand Theft Auto <laughs> leads to people doing violent acts, particularly carjacking. So like the, the wording is they want to amend uh, the... They want to amend the law that previously exists to ban the sale of anyone driving uh, or of any anyone of video games <laughs> depicting psychological harm, including motor vehicle theft with a driver or passenger present. They further go on that they want to ban uh, anything that has violence to the uh, violent video game where you control a character within a video game that is encouraged to perpetuate human on human violence in which the player kills or otherwise causes serious physical or psychological harm to another human or animal. So, I mean, eventually by proxy, this would roll out and call of duty would not be a thing anymore. You know, a a lot of franchises would uh, not be able to be sold in Illinois anymore. And they're not calling for, IDs to be checked at stores to buy M-rated games. They're they're not calling for any of the... They just... You cannot sell these anymore. A flat-out ban. Like, this is absolutely absurd. And how long has Grand Theft Auto V been out now? The last (laughs) four... It's been 84 years. The last four months, five months, six months, seven months, you've had an increase in carjackings, and it's clearly violent video games that are the cause. Clearly. Clearly, like I, I actually looked for it in the article, and I think they do, they do actually say. Uh, two hundred eighteen carjackings in January. In January, yeah. Walker believes there's bipartisan support in Springfield to ban the sales of games. Carjacking here it is. Carjackings have increased in Olympia Field since October. Hmm. October. God damn you, Rockstar. <laughs> this game that's been out for years and years and years is only now sinking into everybody's psyche and causing them to steal cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't be. Isn't that actually? Isn't that about when uh, Watch Dogs came out? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be a nine hundred other factors for more violence and psychological hard times on people couldn't look be, i've considered going out and committing some violence myself just the past few months i'm just getting tired of sitting around here couldn't all day. possibly right be anything anything else has to be violent video game hey maybe he can ban covid maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah maybe that'll work um <laughs> oh, i know jason's not gonna like this i'll turn this <laughs> over 
PlayStation 5 is getting PSVR. Remember, we talked about you can use the existing one, but you need an adapter that they'll send you for free if you prove that you, you own a PSVR and a PS5. Uh, but we speculated uh, that they would probably be making one for the PS5. Uh, they are, so, but that's basically all we know, Yod, is that they are making it. Right. One, one it. little amendment. You don't have to prove you have a PS5 because my, my sister-in-law got her adapter and she does not have a ps5 right now oh really i had to send yeah. to get it i had to send a picture of the serial number for both my psvr and my ps5 nope on the she just had to send in. in a psvr serial number that's she got lame her. i had to take uh, one extra picture i want my eight <laughs> seconds back i want my yeah. eight seconds back but yeah i mean we all figured they were gonna do it and it's and you know, it's another thing for them to sell. So They're saying compared to the original PSR for PlayStation 4, the next-gen VR system will enhance resolution, field of view, tracking, and input. The headset will connect to the PS5 with a single cord. Thank God. The system <laughs> will also feature a new VR controller, which will incorporate some features from PS5's DualSense wireless controller and will focus on ergonomics. Please make them similar to the Oculus Quest. That is uh, an yeah, genius I'm controller. I'm absolutely loving that. It's uh, not going to launch this year, though. There's a lot of development underway. No. So at best, this is a 2022 thing. I'll turn it over to you, Jason. I actually looked up some numbers. So I actually took notes and everything. <laughs> oh, my so God. I wanted to see. I wanted to see. I was like, okay, so I'm, you know, PS4, VR, anything. How, how, how much did that sell? Five million of them sold. Five, five million. That, that's a lot. That's a pretty big number, it seems, seems like to me. And I think that's how a decent PS number for a VR system. Yeah, sure, I'll give how, it a decent. How many PS4s sold? Oh, no, I, I don't think yeah. you can do that comparison. But, no, you know. no. Why not? Don't you need a PS4 to get the, to have the thing? Yeah, you do, but you're talking about you, you, your base so, of people that are going to be interested in VR compared to the base of people that would be interested in the PlayStation 4. I, I don't think you, that's You mean a, that there just aren't that many people interested in VR? Huh. Yeah, so, not nearly yeah, as take... many compared to the people that would just be interested in a PS4, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you it's like how many people account. how many people own a computer versus how many people own <laughs> the Oculus or the uh, Valve uh, yeah, exactly. HTC Vive well, the, exactly. yeah, you would never make that comparison it doesn't make sense to make that comparison well, it's also how many upgraded PS4s, how many PS4 Pros, how many PS4s were bought because previous PS4s burnt out so you know the number of PS4s that are sold is going to be much higher, so obviously. What is the conversion rate, Jason? I have a, I have a feeling that that's where you were going there. <laughs> it, it was 113 million PS4s. To 5, 5 million, million PSVR. Only 5 million people wanted the, wanted the VR, yeah. So you're talking, what, like a 2% adoption rate? <laughs> yeah, like, like 4, 4, 4 to 5. Oof. That is kind of a, a small adoption rate. I would have thought no, it would have been bigger. No, really, VR, VR is going to be huge. I swear, it's going to be huge. I don't think it's going to be huge. I've never been one that thought it was going to be huge. Maybe not not you, but yeah. I mean, other people. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, I know, I know. We we have friends that are all about VR. They, and, I, I think the rest of the architecture has to get there first, where you actually have a area of motion and something for you to stand on and walk around, and where it's like you know fully immersive before it becomes It's just anything. a hard sell to begin with. Yeah. I mean, everything I mean, is dependent right. on something else. To use the PSVR, you have to have a, the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 5 right. in this case. To use the, the Vive or anything like that, you need a pretty high-end PC. And generally, most new gaming PCs are high enough to do it, but there was a time where 
just two or three years ago, Jason, where it was only the higher end PCs could even use the damn things. Mm-hmm. I think Oculus Quest has uh, Quest Two has the best of all the worlds in that it's a standalone unit, but that and that comes with its own things too. Then you start getting into fuck cost, set cost aside. Do you have a 10 by 10 area to generally right. make decent mm-hmm. use of this thing? Like there's so many prohibitive things that I always think, I personally think it's always going to be niche. I'm a little more excited about it because I do have the ability to use it than Jason is. But I'm not nowhere near as excited as some of our friends are, Jason, that are just like, this is going to be the next big thing. So I think I'm the nice middle ground. You're the all the VR can go die in a fire. And then we have our friends <laughs> who think it's going to be the next big thing. But it is coming for the PS5. Uh, we did mention state of play. I don't want to go through the whole thing, but was there anything? If you want our thoughts on Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade and the mobile titles and stuff, please go watch the Relic Grind. We started thursday show with this stuff uh i'll just say that other than that while we were watching it i said in chat hey if i was making the 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 program slate for this i like odd world but i wouldn't put odd world in here when the show was over i was like well i know why they put odd world in there i mean they really didn't have anything else that they were going to be revealing i thought the show was totally superfluous did not need to happen uh and was quite honestly a, a waste of a waste of time yeah I liked the presentation of it. I thought it it was presented very very well with uh, how it moved from one to another. They were really succinct. There wasn't you know the the needless host that sits there and talks about BS. At least the version I saw. Um, and I well I didn't know that there was a game coming out that was uh, Sifu, where there's the karate guy and you start out you know you're re- really young. You're a student, and every time you die, you grow older and have more moves. I thought that was a really good game, and I hadn't heard of that before. Um, and the Bridge of Bridge of Spirits, I thought, was a really neat game that they showcased too. That it actually the cutscenes looked just like the gameplay, and it looked like a freaking Pixar movie. Yeah, I thought I was watching a freaking Pixar. I, movie. Don't misunderstand me. I wasn't like, oh, all these trailers are shit, right? I thought the Death Loop kind of James Bond thing that they were doing there that was nice. Death Loop is a game that I've been been watching. I know, Jason, you're super excited for Dodgeball, Knockout City. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat excited. Uh, And I thought that uh, Oddworld, I do like the Oddworld series. Returnal looked boring. I I was actually more excited for Returnal when they showed it off at, um, what, the the the, the previous Sony thing. Um, But, yeah, it was actually looked boring. Kena Bridge of Spirits, I thought, looked really cool. Check out Relic right. Grind. I hated the Final Fantasy stuff uh, <laughs> for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was, it was kind of a lame show, Jason. Yeah, I was kind of with you when, when, it, was, when it was getting to the end. When, when they show, were showing the Final Fantasy thing at the end and indicating that I was lost, I was like, is that it? Yeah. yeah that's all of it? Okay. I thought it, c- it could have used a little I mean, outro. I'm, I'm never against watching video game trailers for like half an hour, right. 45 minutes. That's, that's fun, but there's nothing here that I saw that was like, oh, yeah, I got to get that. And I know you were a bit miffed that you've had to watch <laughs> so many of these in the last, like, 14 days. <laughs> every <laughs> every company's every doing a director, yeah. a presentation, or whatever. I just wish they would have done, like, even Nintendo Direct, it didn't show all that much, right? But they, yeah. but they did allude to other things. Like, when they came on about Zelda, they said, hey, we don't have any stuff to show you right now on Breath of the Wild 2, but... We are going to talk more about that later this year. In the meantime, check out this Skyward Sword stuff. The Sony show, 
mentioned nothing. That's true. Nothing about anything else except the lady's voiceover. Here's a trailer. Here's a trailer. Here's a trailer. Here's our last trailer. Um, I, yeah, I just thought it was kind of a waste of a show. A waste of a show. And there was one more show. <laughs> <laughs> there was one more show. Uh, this one, good news for you Pokemon fans at the Pokemon Direct celebrating 25th anniversary. Got a couple different announcements out of this one. First off, we got to see a little more about Snap, uh, which will release, I think that's what, in April? Um, and then we're getting a Diamond and Pearl remake. Uh, so if you are, and I was talking to Torchwick about this today, and he was like, you know what, I don't know. You know, That might be a little divisive. Is it going to stay in the form of how the game's played in Diamond and Pearl? Or are they going to be bringing it into this more modern Pokemon gameplay that there is a bit of divisiveness for longtime fans? We'll have to see. And then... Probably the most interesting and the one least covered was Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus. And this takes place in um, the uh, area of uh, the Sinnoh pre-make, like back when it was a wild frontier, right? <laughs> uh, looks to be more open worldish, which I think Pokemon fans have wanted for a long time, Jason, and got to a, to a little bit of extent in Sword and Shield with some more open areas. But uh, we'll have to see. Uh, are you are you looking forward to any of this? Like I don't even actually know if you're a Poke guy. <laughs> I've actually never completed. I've started a few. I never completed a Pokemon game. Never won. So no, no not a one. I'm going to tell you the so. only one I played and completed was Red. <laughs> that should tell you <laughs> how long ago. I don't remember if it was blue or red. I bought I my Game Boy Color and red at the same time. <laughs> Wow. Yod, are you a Poke guy? I am not really a Pokemon person, but the wife is, and we've met a few of the voice actors through the years. What did she so, think of these announcements then? Uh, I think she, she's interested in you know the, the remake um, and the, what is it, Arcturus or whatever you call it? You call Arceus, it the one yeah. Where you, Arceus, yeah, she, she's interested in that one. Uh, Snap, not so much right now because you know. Oh, that was a great game. I actually played that on the <laughs> the N sixty four, the like the old uh, uh, Pokemon Snap on the N sixty four. I remember playing that game, so yeah. I, I'm not gonna buy this, but I am kind of like just you know geeking out a little bit, little bit of a smile. <sighs> Jason, is there anything you you want to get anything off your chest chest before we slide over the games of the week and end this? Like, I'm I'm gonna have a nice thing to talk about in games of the week. So are you really? Like, I'm a little worried about you. You're you're grumpy. I'm happy today. about that. I'm hyped for you're something. Grumpy. Would you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No, Does, no. Do you need a I'm Snickers? Right. You need a Snickers? Are you hungry? <laughs> my lemon bread that I made myself. Ooh, lemon bread sounds that, good, that, dude. That looked really yeah. good. That sounds I good. I did not know you were a baker. That, that looked really good, yeah. You need me to stick that in the ready check stand? Q, check, uh, Q is scared because Jason's happy about something. So let's slide <laughs> over to our games of the week and see what Jason's excited about. Although I have to ask you, is it is it legal for me to... Hold on one second. There's applause. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. All right, is it legal for you to do what? A game that I haven't played yet, but I want to play? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's very few rules here. There's very no, few Okay, rules. good, because I'm also going to kind of ver journey adventure from it because it's not actually a video game, but it's video game related. Yeah, that's totally well, fine, too. That's totally fine, too. This, this week, they announced the uh, Stardew Valley board game. 
Ooh. And it looks really cool, and I really want to play it. It's a cooperative thing, up to four players, and it looks really like it looks like it really very carefully mimics the game. All the different things you could do, going around, you know, farming and foraging and going in the mine and making friends with people. And you have to you have to like restore the community center to so so Jojo doesn't take over the town. It's a cooperative game, so it looks like it's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it's sold out in like probably a few hours, so we're not going to get a first probably. edition. But hopefully, at some point. We'll get a chance to play it, but that does really sound neat. neat. Shit, I might vote for you this week. Hey, all right. <laughs> Remember, if you're Not watching this show, head on over to now. YouTube or readycheckradio.com. And in the comments, you need to let us know your game of the week and who won, who had the best recommendation out of the three of us. Yod, go ahead, my friend. I'm, I, I, I got to go with Outriders demo because that's the only thing I played. Oh, damn it. That's what it's going to take. <laughs> I mean, it, it I'll let just, you guys fight. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's Outriders. What? And we never said we couldn't do the same game, both two people. I'm like looking at my shelves here. Because <laughs> we, we, we never said that, that we, we couldn't both pick, pick the same game. You're right, Q. I'm never letting <laughs> the other guy quick. go first anymore. I'm going to recommend Jason, here's another one for you, Jason. What? I'm going to recommend the World of Warcraft trading card game. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Oh. Look at this. Giant cards. Yep, I remember that. And I don't know if I ever played it. I think I just had a few decks. Here's a direction book. Moon shadow, moon shadow. <laughs> and what is this? Oh, these are the decks. Yeah. They're not even opened. <laughs> oh, my so God. So I'm going to recommend something you can't freaking buy anymore. Because <laughs> I was forced to pick something off my shelf. I hate this game. I'm not Fortunately, you got, a, you got a giant shelf there. I'm not hosting this show anymore. I hate this <laughs> game of the week. <laughs> Torchwick, are you there? Yeah, you are, but you're muted. Yeah, no, I I was just in shock of your game of the week is all. So at one, that's your pick too. I get you. No, your vote. no, it definitely. I couldn't play if I wanted. I to have at a this bunch point, of these. But... We should actually play them to see if they were any good. <laughs> I remember hearing things that they were very good, but then went very bad. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it on stream sometime. Well, we got to do that, and we're apparently going to do Star Trek too. I'll have to find my old Star Trek cards. Are we? They're in my oh. yeah. We, we, play, play game of Star Trek. That'll be a good three-hour stream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you streaming tonight after the show, Torchwood? Uh, we're streaming some Fallout, classic Fallout, exploring the wasteland and turn-based fun. On games they older showed, than me. They should have hired me. That was a great pitch. That was a great pitch. Chat, remember, hang tight after the show. We'll go dark for 20 seconds while we relabel the stream and everything. Torchwick will come up. He'll be streaming some Fallout on games older than me. We'll be back next Saturday. Hopefully, Jason will be in a better mood after he's eaten some of his lemon bread. But until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod works on Twitter. Yod works on Facebook. And right here on Gaming Gumbo. Yeah, Discord totally pixelated you in like the back half of oh, the show again. Yeah. <laughs> what about that, you, yeah. Mr. Winter? Uh, on Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man 1, but more importantly, follow follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O, and come join us live. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll see you 
on the servers.